Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries with your host and teacher, Apostle Dr. Delisa Rogers. There is a word of encouragement and inspiration waiting for you. Subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and make sure to share this podcast with a friend. Now, without further ado, here's Delisa with your message for today. You walk away and say, God, I don't want it. So either you will forfeit, amen, yes. or you'll self-sabotage, or you will abort, abort, miscarry, amen, or, or forfeit. And, and so this is where mm. this book was birthed out of um, people of God. And, and, and you know, <laughs> as I look back now and I, I look at the journey, you know, that I had to walk just to get that book to the press amen and to hear the the testimonies like the pastor said you know what it has done for people how it has opened their eyes i've had leaders write for permission to use the prayer some of them have used prayers in their own well on their websites and it was because of the things that god had revealed so i give god the glory amen for for the work that it is still being a blessing to the kingdom and i'm just so honored tonight to just to just talk a little bit about that amen just to encourage the people of god amen that you know the, like pastor said in her opening scripture this enemy that we have is real and his time is short and he doesn't play amen to lose He's already lost, so he has nothing else to lose. And so he, he, he's wicked, amen, and the spirits with him are wicked. And let me venture further to say this. The human agents that are working with him are wicked as well. So let's not get it twisted. We know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. We understand that. We understand that our weapons are not. We're not fighting flesh and blood. But also understand that the enemy has human agents, amen, that have committed and covenanted themselves with him as witches and warlocks to, to come in and to infiltrate the work. And to be those watchers. So not only do you have the spiritual watchers, but you also have human watchers. And that's where I get the peeping toms from. Amen. You've got people trying to see what you're doing, where you're going. And it will try to interject themselves in your life. Amen. To stop the plan of God. To stop the destiny of God for your life. And so we have to be wise. And Pastor said it. We've got to be sober. And, and we're in a season now where, and I'm just going to say this as a, as a senior servant. The church has been sleeping. And we've allowed, amen, everything and anything to sort of you know lullaby us and rock us to sleep and now we see the devastation every time we turn the news on there's a plague a deadly plague that's unseen killing thousands millions of people praise god and so as as we have been lullaby to sleep chasing titles chasing platforms chasing money and chasing god knows what else amen the enemy we're, we're not in a very vulnerable position many churches have been shut down and so now the people that did not take advantage of the bible studies of the prayer nights of the conferences of the impartations of the laying on of hands didn't take advantage yeah. of, of choir rehearsal didn't those little things where you could where you could amen uh draw the strength you'd be amazed just cleaning up the church you can draw strength and so times when we amen we're, we're too anointed to sweep the floor now you can't get in the house to sweep the floor you understand so praise god the bible says you know we, we got to be humble and we also have to be wise to understand that god gave us time to get the oil in our vessel. Amen. He gave us time to sit under the Apostle Bradshaw, sit under Overseer Williams. He gave us time, praise God. And, and now, you know, many, many of us, I'm just going to say it corporately, are in a place where people are grabbing. They're reaching. Apostle Paul said, he said, we're groping. We, even Isaiah said, we've got eyes we can't see, ears we can't hear because we've been lullabied into a sleep. This is also the fruit of demonic gate watchers because the enemy knew this thing was coming upon the land. Jesus prophesied, please. This is nothing new. 
Jesus said it was going to be plagues, there was going to be troubles, wars, rumors. Jesus told us this in Matthew chapter 24. And then when it happens, we're at brand new. Where is this coming from? I bind the devil. Some of these things God allowed just to show us who we are in God, how grown we are in God. Amen. And how prepared we are for the next trial that is to come. So again, when we talk about demonic gate watchers in the book, um, and I have re- did a revision, so I don't know if this is the revised copy of it or not, uh, but it has nine chapters. And in the, um, I cover demonic watchers at the family gate. So I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. And then there's the marriage gate. I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. The church gate. I'm definitely going to talk about that for a little bit, which kind of gave you introduction to that. But then there are also watchers at the marketplace gate. For those of you, many of us are, are bivocational leaders. Amen. We work in the kingdom, but we also work in the marketplace or the workplace as well. And so there are watchers there in the marketplace as well. And then our destiny gate. Amen. So the family gate, marriage gate, marketplace gate and destiny gate are um, some of the ones I'm going to try by the leading of the Holy Spirit to hit on tonight. Amen. So, amen. I just want to talk a little bit about what's happening in the family gate and talk about the watchers in the family gate. Um, there's what we call generational curses. Many of you, especially if you've been listening to this, um, let's talk deliverance. You've heard about that. There are generational curses and there are spirits that will follow you. When you look at what happened with Abraham and Sarah, Abraham had a lapse in faith. And then when Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had a lapse in faith. Amen. And then you move to Jacob. Jacob had a lapse in faith. And so you find generational spirits that were watching because there are weak weaknesses and weak places in our families, whatever that may be. Some of us may have weaknesses with finances. We can't save, don't know when to stop shopping, don't, I mean we won't keep a job. And so those may be areas, vulnerable areas, people of God. Watch out for vulnerable areas in the family gate, in your family uh, 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 tribe, praise God, because that's where you're going to see the enemy post up. He's not going to post up at the strong. He's not going to post up at the prayer warriors. He ain't even going to try to come through that. But he's all when you think about if you were a thief, God help you if that was your former life. But if you were a thief you, before you attack the house, what do you do? You watch out for do they lock the doors at night? Do they lock the windows? You before you before the enemy attacks you, he watches you. OK, and he's going to, yeah. you know, he's going to stand outside and see when they come in. Like my dad used to say, don't just open the, your key. Always shake your knob first. He said, daughter, turn the knob before you, because somebody may already be in your house. And here you are just, you know, careless and, and just go right in. He said, always turn your knob before you insert the key to make sure your door is still locked. And so, again, you know, thieves, they understand they have an art to their death. They have an art form. And so they're going to watch you. A thief is just not going to attack you, praise God, unless he's vulnerable or desperate or what have you. But for the most part, he's been watching you before he attacks you. Before the enemy attacks you, he's been watching you. He knows not to attack you when you're in church, when you're caught up in the glory, because that's a fruitless mission. But he will will show up when you're vulnerable. He will show up when you've been wounded. Amen. He will show up when you're feeling less than called or less than, than, you know, operating on the spirit of low self-worth. And that's when he'll show up and he will introduce people. I'm telling you, he will introduce the minute that you're vulnerable. Those of you in mental health, you know what I'm talking about. The minute that you're vulnerable, here comes somebody. Oh, you need somebody to talk to. Now, where were you when I was strong? Where were you when I was leading praise and worship and busting devils in the head? You didn't have too much to say. You didn't have two words to say to me at the church. Hello. You know what I'm saying? But the minute you see me kind of quiet, the minute you see me kind of, you know, acting out of my character, you show, show so much concern. So those are some things, um, people of God, you know, when I'm talking yeah, about the family right. gate is number one, you've got to, to access to, um, 
Examine the weak links. And, and, and let me say this, especially in the African-American family, there's a tendency to be prideful. Don't tell nobody that uncle so-and-so did that. Don't tell. And let me tell you something. Some of those don't tell nobodies gave the enemy a legal right to continue running through the bloodline. We have to have honest conversations. And I, I'm not saying you got to put it on Facebook, praise God. But we've got to have some honest conversations about what happened at so-and-so house that the family never went back over to so-and-so house again. Now, I'm not saying you got to get and cross all the eyes and put all the details out there but you we have to we have to do better with communication point blank period even the lord said when israel crossed over the jordan the lord told moses he said put stones under the water so as a memorial so my children will understand what they went through to get to this point and he said tell teach these to your children rehearse them into the ears of your children so your generations will know we didn't just get here Amen. We didn't just we didn't just land here in the land of milk and honey. Here's what we went through. Here's the blood, sweat and tears. Here's how many times I failed out of high school. Here's how many times my car was repossessed. This is why, praise God, you can go in your room and and your lights work and your Internet work. Praise God. And so, you know, there is a story that we need to share. And and, and again, it comes with a degree of, of being honest and being transparent. When you see weak links in your family, it's pulling your people and sitting them down and say, look, let me tell you why so-and-so can't keep a job. Let me tell you why so-and-so can't stay in and out of jail because uncle so-and-so opened the door to this generational spirit of, of, of a vagabond praise God. And this is why you can't keep an apartment. So uh, again, I'm not saying these are conversations people want to have, but what I'm saying is that they are conversations people need to have because in order to stop and to, pluck out the eyes in order to stop Samson the Philistines had to pluck out his eyes and we've got to learn how to gouge and pluck out the eyes of the enemy so you can quit watching me you can quit blocking me when it's time for me to move forward so we've got to take the initiative as the elders in our family or whatever place you serve in your family praise God take the initiative to examine the weak places examine what 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 is the issue when there was an issue with um praise God with with David and this spirit of sexual immorality would not leave his house. It would not. It transferred. And he opened the door. When we talk about des- uh, demonic watchers at the family gate, the enemy could not touch David. Remember what I said about he's looking for vulnerabilities. He's looking for the weak link. And the enemy found a weak link in David the night he was on top of the roof watching Bathsheba when he should have been at war. And so that act opened the door. Because, again, the enemy can't stop David's yeah. destiny. He couldn't stop the man of God from being a man of the God's own heart. Couldn't stop the man from being an apple of God's own eye. But what he could do, amen, is take advantage of David's vulnerability. And David opened the door. And the enemy, listen, when you open the door, the devil's coming in. Yes. So, hello, he's coming in. Praise God. He's going to sit down at the chief seat. And, and he's going to feast. And he's going to feast well. And, and so it was that act that uh, it, it opened doors in David's family. For generational sexual immorality. And so many times we look at why so, and, and you know, I want to be very sensitive about this issue, but you know, why is it this one can't keep a spouse? Or why isn't, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and here's what we do with church folk is we talk about girls so and so, they broke up again. Now, you know, either you're going to help or you're going to hurt. You got to choose a side. You can't, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't straddle both of You got to choose a side. And instead of looking at, well, why can't so-and-so, when Jesus approached that woman at the well and he said, woman, you've had five husbands, the one that you have is not yours. He didn't just say that to demean her or criticize her. Jesus was saying, here's the problem. I'm the solution. And that woman, when she had, when he exposed it, 
He exposed that thing to her because sometimes we're in traumas and we're in a mess and we don't even see because we're so thick in it. And it takes somebody else to say, hey, this is really what you're dealing with. This is really what you're going through. And I'm not revealing this to you to demean you or to embarrass you. I'm just telling you, baby, I'm just trying to diagnose the problem. When we visit our doctor and we tell him my head hurt, my eye hurt, my neck hurt, my whole life hurt. Then he says, okay, according to this, this is what you got. Life hurt ism you know what i'm saying and then he goes and he pres- he prescribes a treatment <laughs> so so you know we have to be sensitive again as the elders in the family when we see the symptoms when we see this those of us who are spiritual those of us who have prophetic giftings and so forth you ought to know that that child is going through the same thing her mama went through that thing that same demon that attacked her 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 grandmother is is now attacking her house or so now look at her grandbaby doing the same thing some of the stuff that we say is cute, it is not cute. Some of what we see on TikTok is a manifestation of an unmanned gate. And, and it's now the enemy is, uh, he's, it's now fun. It's, it's, for, it's for comedy, oh God, and it's for entertainment. And the enemy has taken our pain and made jokes out of it. It's laughter now. It's food for entertainment. And it's food for likes and comments and shares. Th- this is where we are, people of God. When we refuse to acknowledge that there is an issue. So when we talk about the family gate, we're, we want to look for patterns because the enemy is looking for that vulnerable area in our life, my life, your life. And he's going to, if you have a, if you have an issue with self-esteem, the enemy is going to make sure he's going to always position, send people to you that will build you up. That will build you up. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, I believe around verse nine. And this woman, she had a prophetic gift. But she also operated in divination, a python. And she surrounded Apostle Paul and the men of God. And guess what she said? These are the servants of the Most High God. Here he them. These are the servants. Of- what she was saying was right. But her motives and her spirit was wrong. And so when you have someone in your family, I'm just, just using that as an example, who feed off of that. And you know your people. You know the minute somebody gives them 12 likes, you can't tell them when they get the big head. When you sit down and really look at that, that person is suffering from spirits of, uh, 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 they have an attention deficit, uh, attention seeking spirit. They need, they feed off a man's applause. And when you operate in a spirit like that, the enemy will make sure he will send people to you to boost your ego. And it will fill you with everything that you need to know to feel great and grand. And the ones who praise God, that God is sending to say, yeah, you got a prophetic gift, but you need to be delivered. Those are the ones that you'll shut down. Oh, you're just hating on me. Oh, you're just jealous of my anointing. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. So so these are spirits, people of God, that linger and that monitor. And we can't be so naive. If the Lord said that my eyes watch to and fro on the earth, I don't sleep. I set a watch over you. My angels watch you. If God said that about his angels, how much more or how much on the same page has the enemy assigned people to watch you? Remember the Lord asked to say, ask Satan, where are you? Where are you coming from? Walking to and fro up and down. He was seeking like the woman of God open. He was seeking whom he may devour. He was looking for a hedge that was broken. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about that. When the hedge is broken, the serpent will bite. A hedge is a fence. It is a gate. And, and that serpent is the thief. The thief comes not with John 10, 10 to steal, kill and to destroy. And so it's the enemy's job as he marches and walks to and fro and roams because he's a Roman devil because he lost his estate. He's roaming, looking for broken hedges, broken hedges in families, broken hedges in marriages, broken hedges in the church. Yes. Any place where there is an opening, 
So you always man your gate. When you find when Jesus, uh, uh, praise God, when, when Judas had been excommunicated, you know, of his own fault, what did Jesus, um, in the, I think it's in the first chapter of Acts, what did they do? They said, we've got to replace Judas. In other words, Judas, prior to that point, made up the heads to 12. God, Jesus said, I need 12, 12 pillars, 12 stones, 12, right? And so when that one pillar was broken, when that one hedge was broken, the, before they went to the church, they established a church, before they went to the upper room, before they sent anybody out to do anything, what did they do? They sealed the gate. They closed the gate. Yeah. And so many times, and I found that some of you may have also seen this in ministry, when somebody stepped down from the choir or the praise team usher, and you put somebody else there. Well, gosh, y'all move quick. Well, so what are we supposed to do? We supposed to just wait and leave that thing open? Uh, there's supposed to be order. We got to feel that. You you have to feel the space. You got to feel the gaps. You have to feel that in, praise God. And so, and so, you know, you don't ever find a place in the kingdom that's unmanned. You'll never, there's always, I don't care if it's somebody at the door. I don't care if it's somebody, there's all people, God has put people in position. The body is, we all functioning. Everything, every part of the body has its part. Anything broken, it, it needs to be addressed and fixed immediately so that the body can continue to function in wholeness. Amen. And, and so we've we got to watch for those vulnerable areas in our families and we've got to watch for broken, brokenness. We got to watch even from for broken people. The Bible talks about, um, I believe it's in Psalms, where a man with a broken spirit is harder to be won in a fortified city. I believe it is. In other words, when you have broken people in your, yeah, when you have broken people in your family, and and we love them and we pray for them, but let me just tell you, those and, and if you're one of those, I please hear me in the Holy Ghost. But when you have a an offended person in the family. When you have a broken spirited person in the family, if they don't receive healing, that person is the most vulnerable person. And that person can be not always the case, but that person can be the very one that the enemy uses the most that will cause the most hell. Why? Because they're not operating out of their wholeness and they're wounded, they're hurting and they're looking to be avenged by any means necessary. And again, if you're that broken person, I, I just speak healing over your life. And I hope you understand the damage that can be done. Let me let me give you Bible for that. Remember Absalom. While I was talking about David and how he opened the door to sexual immorality or what have you. And Absalom, a man had issues. Right. He felt that David did not deal with Ammon the way he was supposed to. And, and, and David sort of didn't put him in line to be king and all of that. Well, who was the greatest threat to David? Who was the greatest threat to to David as a son than Absalom? His own flesh and blood, a family member. You see what I'm saying? And, and we have preached many, many sermons about it, the Absalom spirit. And yeah, it's that one that's close to you. That, that when, when that when that person walks close to you and they start to operate in a spirit of, of um, offense and a wound and refuse. Remember, God gave Absalom a chance. Uh, David gave him. He said, come back home. But even at that point, David did not connect with Absalom immediately. And other people began to speak. This is what I'm saying about the weak gate, the weak link. Other people began to speak in, in Absalom. Hey, well, you know, you really should be king. You know, you really should be the one. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. who caused the most problems? Absalom made David run for his life. Absalom sent David, his own father, into hiding. And so a lot of times when we see the, and I, I, I'm, my message tomorrow morning is isms and schisms in the camp. There's a lot of reasons why we see a lot of isms and things in the family is because you've got somebody offended or wounded over whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that the wound is not justified. 
it may be a justifiable wound. You may you 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 deserve to be hurt. You just not hurt, but you deserve to to have justice. And it just may not be working for you the way that you need it to. But that doesn't give you the right to cause more harm. Amen. It doesn't give you the right to continue to tear down the family unit. So, again, when we talk about family gates, uh, uh, men and women of God, people of God, pastors, apostles, it's so deep. The rivers of that runs really, really deep. But I would say is, you know, if we're if we're noticing some things in our families to start looking at, look at the gate, look at look at the torn down gates, look at the pieces of that thing that's broken. Who's not coming to the family reunion? Who's not responding to the group text? Who's not saying happy birthday on the, on the big mama's birthday thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and start to look at that and then begin to see God say, OK, God, this person, for whatever reason, is not responding. Lord, give me strategy because you can't just go to somebody like that. David couldn't just go to Absalom. He needed yeah. strategy. So God, show me. First of all, show me what hurt this person. OK, I'm just kind of helping yeah. you to show me, Lord, what hurt this person, because the way you perceive their hurt and the way they perceive their hurt may be different. You may say, oh, you need to get over that. Well, I can't. You understand? I try. Don't you think I try to get over that? And so how some of us are more resilient than others. Some of us can take a licking and keep on taking praise God. Others get knocked down and you can't find us. So, you know, everybody has different strengths. And so if you have you seeing that kind of thing happening in your um, family uh, uh, line or what have you. First of all, I said, Lord, show me what hurt them so that we can develop some type of empathy. I'm not saying I, I'm a, I agree with you, but I at least want to know what, what, what you, Jesus said, cast your cares on me because I care. In other words, once I understand yeah. Yeah. what's hurting you, then I know how to reach out to you. I know how to administer the healing and grace that you need. So I, I'm just going to lift off of that for a minute and then talk a little bit about marriage day. Cause I, I'm trying to watch time and y'all let me know. Cause I'll go. So let me know. <laughs> let me know. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Praise God. Just, just stop me. I don't, I won't get mad at all. Just say, okay, we got to go woman of God. And just, I'll, I'll stop. Praise God. But <laughs> so now the marriage gate, you got to love this marriage gate. Um, because here we are expecting two people from two sides of life to come together and become one. Then it's a beautiful thing, right? But it's going to cost you. And, and so in the very beginning, Jesus said, this is how it, you, one of y'all have to die. If not both of you, but at least somebody. Someone has to say, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna give up my rights for this person's wrong. And, and I'm, I'm going to die so that this, in other words, I'm going to be the sacrificial lamb. There has to be a sacrificial lamb in that marriage because things are going to happen and people are going to say things, people are going to do things. And you want to need, if not both, at least somebody who is committed to making that thing work. Now, you know, there's a lot to be said about that. Not every marriage was one that God put together. Sometimes flesh put you together. Sometimes good credit put you together. Or sometimes a false prophet put you together. So, I, you know, I, I, you know, <laughs> I just, there's a lot to be said about that. I'm just saying. But at the end of the day, if, if there was any normal kind of thing of a marriage, um, so many things can go wrong. And I think in the book I was talking about how, um, you know, in that marriage gate, again, sometimes it's your family. That's looking for the weak link. It's your family that's looking for, oh, well, I noticed um, y'all don't take yeah. pictures together no more. Oh, you know what I'm saying? you always, now, like I said, the enemy is watching, but they're also human agents that are watching as well. Now, I'm not calling your people demon agents, but what I am saying, sometimes the enemy can't use them, right? And, and so you, you, they will watch you. How's married life treating you? What's going on in the Bratcher household? What's going on in the Williams house? None of your business. You don't ain't no mortgage got your name on it. No light bill. We good. Y'all might have just got done throwing grits at each other, but don't nobody need to know that. Keep your crazy in your house. Praise God. So 
it, it comes That's to right. a, a point to where you're going to need two mature individuals. And, and, and it would be wonderful if both of them were walking in the spirit of God and had all the fruits of the spirit. I didn't say the gifts because in marriage, you need the, the you need the fruit. You need fruit, the fruit of the spirit and in, in to sustain a good, healthy marriage and even in a good, heavy dose of Jesus. But on top of all of that, there are spirits, especially again, just looking at. That devil, remember the thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He's always looking for a weak spot. You go to bed, you don't speak. He's like, hmm. You, you, you used to text every, you used to text each other 10 o'clock every morning. Good morning, honey. Love you, sugar. Have a blessed day. Now you don't text each other no more. Um, you used to have date night every Friday night. You don't have date night Friday night. You just think routines. He's looking for a, a, a hedge, a broken hedge. Now you stop having date night. I'm just saying this. Now this is you. I didn't know that's what God said, but I'm just saying. Now, now on Friday nights where it used to be couple night, when we not having nothing on Friday nights, but we're gonna dedicate our Friday night to our marriage. Now you decide you miss one Friday night, you miss another Friday night. Now you become numb to it. It don't even bother you no more. After the fourth Friday you miss, it, now you just oh you, yeah, go head on out with the boys. You going up with the girls? You setting yourself up. You setting yourself up. Uh, you, you, you are weakening a gate. You are weakening a link. And the next thing you know, somebody's going to invite you somewhere and somebody's going to be screenshotting and screen, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, selfies. And you're going to get caught up. <laughs> you're going to get caught up. That stuff is going to leak to social media. And next thing your girlfriend is like, girl, you need to check out this on so-and-so page. And now you've got a problem. So again, you first of all, you want to keep your fences, your links, keep your stuff tight. Don't let your mama in your house. Don't let your, you, you don't even let your children come in and because again, look at patterns. Here it is in your family. Everybody has been divorced and married at least two, three times. And so here it is now your turn. And some of the same things that you have seen happening because the enemy doesn't invent anything new. He's using old tricks. It just it's just re furbished <laughs> it's just it's just it just has a little spray paint on it and he a little elbow grease but it's the same trick from the very beginning to get you so preoccupied to get you so busy to numb you numb you you used to spend time every third friday but i'm just saying he he would get in and try to try to identify the weak areas and then once once those areas are weak now other things will replace that and then he, he's got the both of you where you need to be you get into the argument you call people or you don't even have to call anybody they're watching you i notice in church y'all used to sit beside each other i don't see y'all sit beside of you what's going on and again, if you're that person that loves to talk and don't mind telling all your business, then here you go tell Big Mom, well, you know, he, 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 he did that. And that, you know, and, and, and it, it might not even have been all of what he did. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to set it up fictitiously. It might not even been all of that. But that was your, again, your perception. Your perception is not another person's reality. He was just busy trying to get gas and he left without saying goodbye. You offended. He left the house and didn't say bye. You didn't even ask him, honey, why'd you leave? He's trying to get to work, trying to get some gas or what have you. And now you done told Big Mom that your husband left the house, didn't call you, didn't. And now she's rebuking him. But the Bible says so-and-so. You so And now he's coming home to you. What you tell Big Mom? You got a problem. Yeah. You have a spirit of yeah. contention in your house. You got a spirit of argument in the house. Now he doesn't trust you. Now he's got to show fake love. And I say he, but it can be she. Well, let me make sure. Bye, honey. Did you hear me? Bye, honey. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just putting on, just putting on an act because of that thing that's been introduced inside the house. 
So the the date the, the gate watcher is watching, watching, and then once he gets in, there's there's no listen. Once a thief breaks into your house, he doesn't say, "I'm well, I'm just gonna rob the living room." You know, he doesn't just limit himself to what he's going to take. He's going in your living room. He's going in your bedroom. He's going to the kids room. He's going in your garage. He's up in the attic. He's got the keys to everything. He doesn't when once the enemy comes in, praise God that he's in. He's in and he leaves residue. He leaves footprints. He leaves evidence that I was here. So in terms of the marriage gate, pay attention again to patterns. Pay attention to those weak places in your marriage. Every marriage has a weak spot because we are humans and we're trying to get through this human experience in a pandemic. So, you know, there's a lot. We've never been in this place before. We never had to be stuck in the house forever. You know, so this is something new. So I may say some stuff. It ain't even coming out of my love. It's just coming out of my frustration. So don't even take nothing I say personally right now. But if you're super sensitive, well, why you always got to say that? Baby, I didn't mean to say. And now you got a whole big mess going on. You're going to have to clean that up. Otherwise, the enemy's going to sit back yeah. and watch. And somebody's going to overhear the conversation. And the next thing you know, phone call is going to be made. And I heard y'all was having problems. I thought y'all, I, I thought y'all was a perfect marriage. I thought, well, honey, first of all, there's no perfect marriage. Even Jesus is having trouble with his bride. So there's no perfect, there's no perfect marriage. Let's just kill that devil. There is no perfect. We are both working. We're trying to make this thing work <laughs> with myself and with his stuff, with everything we got. We're trying to make it what we don't need. No additives and preservatives. We just, just please pray for this. Pray for us. So, but you want to look out for, you know, now, there's certain things you don't say. There's certain things, certain, um, there's certain, what's the word I want to use? There's just, there's just certain words and things you don't say. You know, you don't say, well, we need, maybe we need to break up. Don't, don't say that again, because once you give that devil, he's listening and he's watching. So you never mention that D word. I don't care if you got to sleep on the couch for a month. We ain't talking about no divorce. We ain't, that's not, that ain't getting ready to happen. And, and, and you work at it. You do the work. You take out your brush. You take out your bucket. You take out the glue. You get your screwdriver and you put that fence back together. Whatever by whatever this listen, there's no pride issue here, honey. I'm sorry if I gotta come yeah, to your yeah. job every day with flowers, if I gotta follow you around, if I gotta stalk you, whatever it takes. You cannot have pride if you expect your marriage to survive. And and many times that's the issue. Well, I ain't even do all that now. If you think I'm you crazy, I, my yeah. mom ain't raising no fool. I ain't I ain't say your mama raised a fool, but what I am saying is if you want this to work, you need to put the work in. So at that marriage gate, there are spirits of divorce, there are spirits of infidelity, there are spirits of separation, there are spirits of, 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 of locking cell phones, locking passwords, like all, all kinds of mischievous, all kinds of deceitful, all kinds of secretive spirits are lurking outside that marriage gate trying to get in. Demons that are watching, waiting. Well, why you got to take your cell phone with you every time you get in the car? Why you got to turn it upside down? If that, it, listen, there are certain battles that don't even have to become a full-fledged war if you would listen. Like, if you got a phone, here, take my phone. Here's his, matter of fact, let me text you all the passwords, all the key codes. Here, let me text it to you. Yeah. Screenshot it, save it in your notebook. And that, it kills all suspicion. But when you add to it, it's my phone. No, it's ours. Yeah. We won. Ain't no you, yours. It's us. So, again, there, there's work that we have to put in. In terms of keeping that marriage gate strong for our families. And let me just say this before I venture into the church gate. Is that we cannot, as, especially as believers. Or, you know, even unbelievers. I'll say that. Uh, is, is put our 
marriage out in front of our children as if we don't ever have an issue. Mom and daddy don't never fuss. Mom and daddy don't never fight. I'm not saying just walk around and punch each other in the neck in front of your kids. But what I am saying is if there's a disagreement, sometimes there's a degree of health for your children to see. Well, mom and dad, they, you know, having disagreement. They need to see that so they understand that when they grow up and venture into their own relationship and they have a disagreement, that it's normal to a greater or lesser degree to have a disagreement. But many times we try to, again, in the special African-American family, we hide. We don't, we don't want the kids to know we ain't getting along. So don't let them know you're sleeping on the couch. No, walk by your son. Son, your mama put me on the couch again tonight. I love her. We're going through something. Pray for us. Bring me a pillow, son. And, and, and let them see that this, this is an unusual norm, but it's a norm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so that way you help your children when, they have, when, they are at, when they're building their marriage gate. They know, okay, well, yeah, you know, we're not going to get along all the time, but I remember my mom and daddy used to fall out, but somehow they get back together. Daddy'd be on the couch, mama be in the kitchen fussing, but they back together. And so it helps them to be, it, it, it gives them the tools to help build their own marriage gate as opposed to don't tell so-and-so we're going through, don't tell them. Don't. And then when they encounter, they don't know what to do. Mama, I don't know what to do, mama. And you're like, girl, please, he'll be fine. But you never, you never expose her to that. You never expose him to that. So, you know, again, there's a responsibility that we have as couples. And I'll even say that even towards singles, sometimes our singles look at married couples and think, oh, I just can't wait to get married so my marriage can be like yours. I remember years ago, there was this couple in ministry, a deacon and a deaconess. And I just thought they were just the cutest couple ever. And um, I was a teenager during that time. And I, I just admired because I grew up, my father didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with my father in the home. My mother raised me. So I had, and I hear the wisdom in this, as growing up in a single mother home, I had these grandeur illusions of what marriage looked like because that wasn't my childhood experience. Right. And so he, whenever I would see couples together, I'm thinking in my mind, because I've never seen nothing different. I'm thinking, oh, they just lovey dovey. They just love each other. Can't get enough of each other. And when I grow up and get big, I want to have something just like that, because that was what that was my fantasy. I never knew. I never saw my, my dad go to bed at night. I've never saw that. I've never seen it. And so sometimes as singles, when they're looking at married couples, they can, in some cases, not all, but they can sometimes develop their own visions of grandeur of what I want my marriage to be just like yours. I was like, no, honey, you need to have your marriage the way God tell you to have your marriage. Right. And so at any rate, I was um, young and I was telling this um, this young lady, I said, man, I said, I just admire y'all's marriage. I mean, y'all just, you know, perfect couple. And you know what she said to me? She said, girl, she said, he's still a man. And she walked off and I was so, I was like, huh? I was so confused because I'm seeing him as the awesome man of God. And you know, he's casting out devils and he's, you know, praying and he can pray to paint out the walls. And I'm like, oh, he just walks in the cloud and he just see Jesus all the time. And so, and so in my mind, I'm thinking it was just a perfect marriage. And she was like, girl, he's still a man. And she walked off and I was like, okay, and he's still a man, right? I'm not picking on your brothers. I'm just saying I'm a girl. So I, that's my perspective. But she, but later on in life, now I see, you know, now I see, okay, yeah, you can be anointed and you can act like a jerk sometimes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You can be, you can speak in tongues and you can get on somebody's nerves. So it, it happens, right? And so we want to, as we're ministering to singles and as we're being that example to singles, you know, we do also, we owe them 
a good dose of reality. Girl, I love my husband, but honey, let me tell you, I love my wife, bro. I love her. She's beautiful. She, she's wonderful. She pleases me. But man, sometime, man, that girl, boy, I tell you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that when, when again, you're helping them, you're giving them tools. You're giving them tools. You know, man, you look at my wife, man. Sometimes I tell you, man, sometimes I love her, but boy, she called me all the time, bro. Look at it. Here she go on the phone. And, and so you, 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 you use that as a teachable moment to impart that wisdom to the next generation. And in doing so, God is going to bless you. God is going to bless you because you're, you're handing down those tools for that next generation. You know, for that next, for that brother that's about to get married or for that sister that's about to get married. You're giving them those, those tools. So again, you know, for the marriage gate. You know, I would say, you know, be watchful. Again, look at the weak um, um, places. Let me just say this, too, as I move into the church gate, is that there is, you know, and, and this is just being keeping it real, for real, for real. Even in marriage, each spouse, you're going to know each other's weaknesses like nobody else. You're going to know each other's weaknesses like their own parents, like their own siblings, because you're with them all the time in their fully developed stage. They're not little, the little snotty nose kid you know, with peanut butter and jelly that everybody knew growing up. Now they're fully grown and and in all of their faculties and all of their self is fully evident and manifest. And that's who you got, right? And and so in that, God is trusting you to, to uh, well, you know, the scriptures say love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, also in that marriage gate, you are responsible for covering your spouse's weaknesses. Covering even the Bible says how um, husbands love your wives, um, um, giving honor to them as unto the weaker vessel. And you know, and and a man can be a weak vessel, just weak in certain areas of character, weak in certain areas of the way that maybe he deal with things in life, right? And and so in that, you you there is a responsibility again in manning your gate because I'm telling you what you don't do and how you won't strengthen and how you won't build. Somebody would be glad to come in along and do that. You don't say, baby, you look beautiful today. Somebody at the food line and say, girl, you look good. And if that's something she needs and you're not giving her that affirmation, you're going to open the door. And it's the same thing with the brothers. Baby, you fine. I love that haircut on you. I love you. But boy, you just boy, go boo. You go boo. You know, if you don't do that, um, some sister at the job. Oh, I just like what is that a new cologne? Is that a new, you know, so uh, you, you have to give them what they need in terms of affection. Give them what they need in terms of moral support. If they fall short, if they feel embarrassed about something, baby, I, you know, I can understand how you feel. Like, you know what? I, what can I do? What, you know what I'm saying? You, in other words, what you, what you don't want to do is when you uh, are experiencing your mate going through humiliation, don't jump on the choir against them. You know, say, look, I, I don't know what that's like. I don't know. I can't really touch what you're going through right now. What do you need from me? What, how can I support you right now? What do you need? So in other words, again, that's a vulnerable area. That's a weak link when they're going through something emotionally. Right now, I'm going through something with my family. My dad had a stroke two days ago. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a little sensitive. I'm a little touchy. I'm telling my husband, just leave me alone. And he's like, quit telling me, leave me alone. I'm like, just leave me alone. You know, because I just, I'm, I'm processing now. I, I, there's a lot going on, family. I got stuff in my family gate right now, right? And so learn how not to take everything personally. It may not even be about you. It may just be about the way I'm trying to get through this thing. And, and so, well, remember you said so. I know I said that, but I, you got to understand, I just, I would have said anything to get you off my back. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry that it hurt you, but I just needed you to give me some space. I needed space. 
So I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can trying to shortcut this stuff and summarize and try to hit. But there's so much that I, I pray y'all are getting it. I pray it's, I'm, it's not too much. But I, I, you just got to you've got to look at the weaknesses. Look at and I'm not saying let's sit down, honey. Let me talk about all the weak spots in your life. I'm, please don't do that. that. That's going to be a weak spot. That's going to be a problem. But what I'm saying is, yeah. as you observe one another. Casual observation, and it doesn't have to be anything you say to them, just in your own casual observation. Hmm, I see that that bothers him. I see that that bothers her. Then in your prayer closet, Father, th- this has really bothered my husband. This has really bothered my wife. She's really struggling with this. He's re- Lord, show me how to help her, how to support him. And, and again, because you don't want that gate to lay prostrate too long. You don't want that thing. You don't want that fence to be broken down too long. And then now she's snapping. He's snapping. Doors are slamming and, and it just it grows, y'all, because now demons are getting in because the head. Remember, the word of God said when the hedge is broken, the serpent will bite as as long as there's an opening. He's going to get in there. He's going to get in. And when he gets in, yeah. I'm telling you, it's easier to keep him out. than get him out. Remember that. Come on. It's That's easier good. to keep That's him good. out mm-hmm. than get him out. OK, wow. so let me try to move on. Um, so the church gate, bless God for Jesus at the church gate. Um, so much that we can say about that. And we're all leaders here. Um, I I just, I guess I want to go back to the example when I was talking about Paul with, um, with the, the damsel, with the Python spirit. And how can I put this tactfully? Even Jesus, when he, uh, you know, went about doing the works of ministry. He was always being watched, right? The scribes and Pharisees, religious rulers were always watching him. And, and then it, it's not so much what was outside watching him. He had those in his own camp, Judas, Judas specifically watching him. And so sometimes in our church gate, you want to have people outside the gate. Oh, what they doing now? They got another revival. Every time I turn around, they got a fish fry. Seem like they got money problems. I mean, you, you're going to always find people because, you know, to some people, you'll never do anything right. Never. It's nothing you can do because they they don't they they just they ain't grace for you to do right. Uh, you know, they just don't have. So no matter what you do, you can preach to you can do like Jonah, preach to the cows in your neighborhood, get saved. The, everything is fasting and they'll still find fault. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't say this at the end of your message. And and so you, you, you're going to always have people who are going to pick and find and, and, and criticize. And, and, you know, it's always easy to find those folks. Now, it's hard to find folk that's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm with you, woman of God, man of God. You know, what do you need me to do? We're here to support. We're here to serve. Those are the ones that's hard to find. The Bible said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And you're going to always have a hard time. I'm just telling you, finding labors. It's going to be hard. And so, you know, appreciate and bless the, those that God has sent to you to labor along with you. They're a true gift. But you will find those who will watch, who will pick. And there's nothing that you can do. They will attack you. You on Facebook Live and everybody's hallelujah. And they pressing demon faces. Uh, what do you call those angry emotions? And you're like, really? You know what I'm saying? If it's bothered you that much, get off. I mean, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to keep watching. You know, you can log off. Yeah. But you again, you'll find people who are just committed to being, um, you know, that pain, that thorn. You'll find them just being committed to that. And so in the marriage, in, excuse me, in the church gate, understand that. You know, the work that God has called you to do as leaders, as elders, the enemy is going to fight it uh, with everything he has. He's going to fight it with controversy. He's going to fight it with rumors. He's going to fight, you know, from the outside. But I'm telling you, once you have that stuff on the inside, you, 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 you've got a problem. 
you've got a problem and you can have like what happened with Paul and the damsel. You can have somebody in the on the praise team on the she was we would call her the head intercessor because she was right. She was prophetic. These they were on their way to prayer. These are the men servants of the most God. Here are them. And she was right. She was prophetic. She was a prayer warrior, but she operated in the wrong spirit. And so when you have groups of people like that in your church, the cliques are the wrong kind. Um, you got a problem. You have a problem. And in situations like that, um, amen, the enemy sends them. There's a book. I don't know if you all read. It's called, um, oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, I think it was Rebecca Brown. Um, he came. I think he came to set the captives free. And she in that book, if I'm not, I think it's that. Yeah, that's a book. And, yeah. And she talked about how before her conversion, how she had um, was sent in that Colvin's would send her into these churches. They would monitor the church. They would sit in and then the next thing you know, they would get join the church and then get close to the leadership. And I and and, and I, I don't want to take a whole lot of time. Right, I probably right. need to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you will find that has been like I said, for eight this will be almost 18 years. And I mean that's not a whole lot of time, but it's a lot of time in my life that I've spent and I've seen that from you know, from see you know, like, okay, God, and you you almost have to get to the point and, and hear my heart when I say this, to where you're willing to say, God, clean this church out. Even if you take people that I really like, I'm just saying you can't ever be so in love with numbers and so in love with offerings and so in love with the pomp to where you got sex, S-E-C-T-S um, or, or groups of witches and warlocks and false prophets and, and all of this stuff in the church. And you're not dealing with it because it only takes one. Listen to me carefully. It only takes one to come in the door. And this actually happened to me. I'm telling you this from experience. This happened to me many years ago. Um, I had one woman come in. And the next thing I promised to God, the next thing I know, she brought in like 12 people with her. And the people who came in were prophesying. They were giving. They were very gifted, very charismatic. They were leading the praise team. It was, I mean, just, I mean, you could almost sit back and cross your hand and be like, oh, let's, let's do church. We doing church. I mean, they just, they, they took so much burden off me. They took so, I mean, it was just, it was like a breath of fresh air. And especially if you've been asking God, Lord, send help, send help. Lord, we need somebody. We need, and, and, and she did that. She came in yes, and this yes. woman, and I love her. Don't get me wrong. Cause I'm not one of those that put people down to this day. If I see her, I will hug her and I'll say, how you doing? How's the family? I don't have no ill will toward her because you know what? The fault was with me. It wasn't with her. She did what was in her heart to do, but it was my job to watch the gate. And so a lot of times we point, we accuse, and we blame people, but truth be told, folks mm. can only do what you allow them to do. So I had to accept responsibility. You know what? I should not have been so hungry for help. I should not have been so desperate for help. That I didn't watch the gate and I allowed anything to come in. And when that woman came in, she brought, she, here's what she said. She said, Oh, I, and this is what she said. <laughs> oh, I can help you. I can help. I can help. And she did just what she said. <laughs> she was on the front row because she knew everybody in town. And she, you talking about an evangelist? This is, I'm telling you, she was like that, man. She would have the place packed out. And over time, I saw different things forming. And no longer was my word the yeah. word of God. It was what everybody else was doing. We had parking lot prophets. We had bathroom prophets. Okay. We had folks with it. It was amazing. Yeah. And it was happening inside yeah. the church. Yeah. But the, 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 again, like I said, I will tell the truth on myself and shame the devil. I opened that door because I was asking God for help. 
I was tired of doing everything seemed like by myself. And I said, God, we need some help. Send somebody in. And the next thing you know, this woman, because that devil heard, he overheard my conversation. He saw the struggle and that woman came in and she brought people with her. Long story short, uh, I had to go to God and say, God, clean the house. I literally had to go to God and say, clean the house. And let me tell you something. By the time the Lord came in with his vacuum cleaner, the Windex, the bleach, the Ajax, <laughs> I could probably count the church on two hands. <laughs> I mean, he cleaned it down to the skeleton. You hear me? Like, God, no meat left on the bones. And, I, and you know what? Even at that point, I was so relieved for the peace. It didn't even, I didn't care. I was just so happy for the peace because it was constant warfare. I had people at each other's throat. People in the church were sleeping with one another. I, I mean, it, uh, it was so, oh my God, it was so much because I let that woman come in and she brought in people of her own kind. And that's what Rebecca Brown talked about. She talked about how they would go in and, 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 and join and connect to the leader. They don't ever want to just come in and sit and just enjoy the word. No, God told me to be your armor bearer. The Lord told me to sit beside you. The Lord told me to serve right. you. You don't even know who I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't know nothing about me. You hadn't even caught the vision of this house yet. I don't even know if you saved for real, for real. But yet the Lord told me it's always. Now, again, disclaimer, this is not always the case. Because God can send in help. And, and they can. They can have a kindred spirit. And they can support you. And be the best thing you ever ask God for. But I am also saying to be watchful. Like the woman of God said, be sober and be vigilant for your adversary. The devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And so if we're those type of leaders that are so desperate for help, and I know I'm not the only one that that has happened to, because I speak to many leaders and like, woman of God, we went through the same thing. Some have just shut their churches down because they said, you know what? Everybody go home. We ain't got no more church. I mean, it was just, it was just too much. Your phone is ringing all night because you got mess on top of mess on the, well, so-and-so gave me a bad, told me a false dream. This one told me it was just always mess. And it was to distract and to, to, uh, 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 to deter me from, I couldn't even focus on the word and focus on what I couldn't because it was so much going on. And I opened that gate. And so I had to go to God and say, God, clean the house. And so we can't be afraid when we allow things like that, when we allow it, um, to say, God, I made a mistake. We can't be, we can't be um, ashamed to say, you know what? I put the wrong person on the praise scene. God, oh my God. You know what I'm saying? We can't, you can't be, you know, we, there is a degree of humility that we as leaders, I'm just saying to leaders now, there's a degree of, of, of humility and honesty that we have to have and say, God, I put the wrong person in that position. Oh my God, Lord, please help me. Forgive me, God, because I thought this person, I thought that, and oh my God, I'm seeing, you know, and just going to God, Lord, help me clean this house or help me fix this mess. So, I, I mean, again, I can talk about all of this stuff. We can talk about forever, but I just want to give you just some key nuggets, maybe some things that you all needed to, 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 to hear, um, things that the spirit of God wanted to, to reveal, but just know sometimes you think, well, am I the only one going through that? No. Even the Bible said it. He said, knowing this, that the same affliction is accomplished by your brethren that are in the world. You are not the only one going through the stuff in your marriage, going through the stuff in your home, going through the stuff in your church. You are not the only one. People just not telling it, but they're going through it. Oh, they're going through it. Praise God. And they're like, okay, uh, somebody please tell me, am I, am I the only one going through this right here in my church? Am I the only one? You're not. You're not the only one. Many other men and women have gone through that, especially smaller churches. You got under 200 membership and down. You, 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 you ask God for help. Lord, send me a nice bass player. Send me somebody. And then folks come in auditioning. And next thing you know, you got somebody trying to run through the whole church. You're like, no, forget it. We don't need no more bass player. Sorry, I asked. 
you know, and you just don't even want to, don't, just don't, just don't bring a base in this church. I mean, you just don't even want to touch that no more because of the damage that was done. You just don't want it. Like, you know, we don't even need no music. We just clap our hands. We just tired of this kind of stuff. So, but it's a, it's a, yeah, with tambourine, come on y'all old school. But it just, it, it comes down to, again, taking the initiative, you know, as, as, as leaders. Now God does hold us as leaders responsible for what's happening. Yeah, soundtrack, there you go. Is, is holding us uh, responsible in the book of Revelation, the first and uh, second chapter. Jesus wrote letters to the church, to the angel of the church, right? And he would tell you, this is what you did good. This is what you did that was not so good. And then he gave you the conclusion of the matter. And so when it comes to making decisions, um, it's not what the elder board is saying to do and the deacon board is saying to do and what the ushers. At the end of the day, God is going to call that set man, that set woman and say, um, what did you do? With this ministry that I entrusted you with, what did you do with that those people that I entrusted you with? And so you can't you can't be you can't play the card like Saul did with the people. I'm not talking to the people. What did you do? What did you do with the work with the apostolic work, the prophetic work, the deliverance work? What did you do with that book? What did you do with that song? What you do? What did you do with it? And either it's well done, thou good and faithful servant, or not well done, right? So as leaders, we do have to take on that responsibility for what happens in the church gate. And like I say, it's best to keep them out. As opposed to letting them come in. I'm not saying block people from coming to your church, but I'm just saying, you know, we need to see God. And I'm speaking to myself, too, before we start establishing and putting people in positions, because, again, it's easy to get them in there and it's hard. It's easy to put a picture on a flyer. And my God, when you got to dethrone that, you're talking about displacing, you got to dethrone that person. And, you know, well, I'm taking the church money. I'm taking I had one lady took the whole Quiet um, budget. Just took it. We entrusted her to be the thing, and she left and took all the money with her. So praise God. You know, I, I said God, I put her in position, and I, I had I paid it back because I she was wrong. But you know what? I should have caught that. I should have seen that. So that's that. Marketplace Gate and Destiny Gate, and I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, if y'all have any comments or what have you. Um, in terms of the marketplace, I'm gonna hit this really quick. Is that you know right now we're in a season where many pastors and leaders. Um, are bivocational, uh, some by choice, some not by choice. And I, you know, we can talk about church finances on another day, but at the end of the end of the day, you know, there is that warfare that comes along with those of you that are launching businesses to where, especially again, if you know that you're the first person in your family, who's ever owned a business, you're the first entrepreneur. So folk are looking at you like, uh, who do you think you are? You know, that type of pressure, um, that would try to, um, you know, fight against your, your, your courage and fight against the boldness that you needed to step out because nobody else has stepped out before. So even on your jobs, you'll find that that type of, of warfare that comes against you trying to step into another realm of financial prosperity for your family. The enemy doesn't. He's been happy with you working nine to five. He's been happy with you working paycheck to paycheck. He's been happy with you getting title loans and, and, and your uh, interest rate is 25 percent. He's been happy with that. But now here you are. God is, is, is moving in your mind and moving in your heart. And you're launching out to, to, to do a book or to do whatever. And the enemy is, he's fighting you. Why? Because you're breaking generational things, financial things off of your family line. The old, nobody in your family has ever stepped into the realm of prosperity where you are right now. And so that's why your warfare is so strong. That's why the battle is so strong. The minute you get the business off the ground, 
a car breaks down. The minute you get this contract signed, you start feeling bad in your body. And so you find different types of attacks will come to try to stop you from launching and going deeper into that financial uh, 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 realm that God is taking you into. You have to fight. I remember my uh, woman of God before she went home to be with the Lord. She told me this. She said, when you step into the deliverance ministry, she said, one of the things that the enemy is going to do, he's going to attack your body. And I maintained that was in 2010. This is 2021. Now, when I tell you that they have been attacks and attacks, I've had, I've been uh, diagnosed with cancer. I've had the devil tell me I'm going to kill you different times. It's time to take road trips. I'm getting all my insurance documents and things because the enemy is telling me, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And so these are the types of battles that you will go through when you're crossing over and, and you're stepping into you're pioneering in areas in your finances that no one in your family has ever. You pine, you're owning property. You're owning businesses. You're employing people. Whereas you used to be an employee, now you're the employer. And, and so now the warfare is coming because the enemy said, listen, if, you, if, I, if I release you and let you just enjoy that lane, uh, that, that dimension of prosperity, you, you want to release that same dimension of grace over your family. And so it has been the enemy's job. I don't know who I'm talking to. But it's been his job to keep you enveloped and to keep you bound in a certain salary range and in a certain annual salary uh, income range, a certain income tax bracket, because that's the way it's always been. And it's been comfortable for you to live like that. And so now God is saying, I'm doing something different. I'm doing something new because I watch you be faithful over the few things over the years. I watch you suffer. I watch you sacrifice. I watch you give when it hurt to give. And so now God is saying, I've lifted the seal. I've lifted. I've broken the glass ceiling and I've lifted that thing. I've lifted the financial veil from you and so now you're soaring daughter now you're soaring son and you'll watch it will be some of your own household folk that will fight you they won't share yourself here everybody in your church is talking about how wonderful your book is and your own cousins that saw you go to the hell you went through won't say a mumbling word and so you're like wow you know i would think if anybody had my back girl it would be you bro it would be you you will find out when you're walking in your season of prosperity you will see who's really walking with you you're going to see who really wants you to do well you're going to see who's really pushing you and you're going to see who ain't and even in that you're going to have to say god you know what i'm blessing them i pray for them but i got to keep moving you have to keep moving and so again in that when god has said you know what i beloved i wish above all that you prosper be in health even as your soul prosper and so now many of you are moving you're moving y'all good okay <laughs> praise god it's like a, a delayed thing so i'm like okay do i need to stop now do y'all want me to keep yes. keep going no, but going. praise god so 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 this new financial realm that you're walking into is uncomfortable because it's a dimension you've never been in and so the fear of failure even a failing God, there are some who are nervous about this new realm because it's like, I've never done this before. God, what if I fail? God, what if I, what if I put this above you? And God is saying, first of all, dismiss all of that because if I didn't trust you on that next level, I would have opened the door for you for the next level. And not only that, what the, the way you walk into this next level is determining how you walk into the next level that's coming behind that. So ear, I haven't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of God, heart of man, the things that God has prepared. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And so God has trusted many of us, many of you, those in leadership, those in ministry, those in you have been faithful over your family, you've raised your kids, and now it's your time. You spent money on diapers, you spent money on go-karts, you, you've done all, even that was seed, praise God. All of that stuff was seed. When you wanted to get your hair did, you didn't because Johnny needed a haircut. You sowed seed, you sacrificed. That was a work of the kingdom even in raising children. A lot of people don't even look at that. Sowing seed even in taking care of your home 
even as men providing that seed sowing. And so now it's time for you. The kids are grown. They're out the house halfway. And God is saying, it's your time, son. It's your time, daughter. And you have folks saying, well, y'all, ain't y'all too old to be doing stuff like that? No, we ain't too old. We're, we're, listen, I'm old. I'm at the right age. I'm at the right time of my life. I'm in the right season because I now have the wisdom to operate on this level of financial security. That's right. I'm, 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 I'm right on time with where I need to be because had God opened his door 10 years ago, I would have so many leeches and vampires and bats around me. I would have just, y'all would have sucked me dry. But so God now has shaken and has removed all of that dead weight. And so this is why it's so light for you to move. It, you feel the lightweightness and it's nervous because you're like, I feel like I should be, I feel like, I feel like, and God said, stop feeling and, and just start moving. Quit trying to analyze and examine and just, just keep moving in God because these are, again, this is, this is a gate. And when you get to the to the destiny gate, marketplace destiny gate, let me tell you what the enemy battles. He battles in your mind. Can I really do this? Oh, God, I'm about to open my own practice. I'm about to buy another building. Can I really? Do? The battle now is in your mind. It ain't in your house. It's not with your grandkids. It's not with your spouse. It's not with, with the people in the church. Now the battle is right here between your ears. That's what a battle is. And the enemy will try to convince you that you're not smart enough. Nobody in your family did it. You ain't cute enough. You ain't black enough. You ain't white enough. You ain't girl enough. You ain't got. He will always tell you what you lack. He will always highlight what you don't have. He will never tell you what you got. Amen. But he will always tell you, well, you know, if you st- the economy may crash. The economy's been crashing. Praise God. Amen. I thank God that I don't operate in the economy of this world. I operate in the economy of the kingdom. There's no lack. The ca- count the cattle's thousand they all belong to my father are you kidding me and so there's a there's a degree of faith and tenacity now and there are some folk that will say well you being cocky you being arrogant you need to just be humble and listen i'm going to be humble and i'm sorry that you have misdetermined and misappropriated my boldness with cockiness but it's now time to move into this dimension praise god and so you now have come into this place you've been wandering in the wilderness you've been circling the camps you've been circling dead situations and dead people now it's time to cross jordan and it's time to go in praise God but with that before Joshua and the armies of God could conquer Canaan you first got to get past Jericho and there's a walls that are that will be up to keep you from breaching to keep you from going in and God is saying you don't have to fight you already fought you already paid for that the, the promise that you're walking into You've already paid for that in your wilderness season. You paid for that being faithful to church. You paid for that being a good husband. You paid for that being a good wife. You paid for that being a faithful mother father. You already paid for that. So don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy again, because here when you get to destiny gate and marketplace gate, this is where the battle is. Well, you know, I'm scared. Nobody never did this. Well, you know what? Nobody ever, ever did it. And I may be a little nervous, but I'm going to walk my nervous self right on across to this next season. God being my helper. You know what I'm saying? Go nervous, go scared, but just go in Jesus name. Oh God! So I, I'm. I, that's my woosah right there, and I just, I, you know, I just pray that we've encouraged your hearts tonight, people of God. Is is that if there's anything that I pray that you learn and that you've gleaned is to number one, don't just capitalize on the fact that God has angels watching over you. We sing this song, "Angels Watching Over Me." In saying that, I also I need you to understand that there are also angels watching over you. Fallen angels are watching you as well. And so you need to live this life intentionally. And like Pastor Bratcher said, be alert. Quit walking around thinking everybody is for you. Everybody's smiling in your face, want the best for you. Honey, you need to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Everything smiling, everything shaking your hand, and everything sharing your post is not for you. 
And so you need to know that. You need to understand Jesus said, didn't I call 12 and one of you is a devil? Father in Jesus' name, show me the ones in my circle that are devils. Because I done chose all these folks and now things is I should be moving. I should be. Some of us should have been moving way further. A whole lot. We should be a lot further along, farther along than we are. But you got people, you in the boat and they uh, poking holes in the boat. (laughs) Praise God. Weighing you down with some nonsense things they don't want to get delivered from. Things they don't want to get delivered from and and will keep you just. And that's what Jethro said to Moses. He said, Moses, these people are going to kill you. They're going to wear you out. You need to get some elders because you still have work to do. So we got work to do. We have work to do, people of God, and and we're going to get this work done. And so I'm just encouraging you all definitely get the book. But this is not about a book sale tonight. This is about just providing you and equipping you with with the skill set that you um, that some of you may need to identify those watches. Where, Where are those broken down gates? Before you, if those of you in real estate, you before you buy property, don't you examine the property? Don't you have somebody go in and inspect the property? Inspect, inspect yes. your circle, inspect your church, inspect your marriage, inspect your marketplace, and find Lord, where are the broken? And I don't, Lord. Here's the thing: don't be afraid of the broken gates that God shows you, because some of us don't even want to see the torn down stuff. You just want to see everything that's beautiful and lovely. God, show me, show me in a dream, show me in a vision, show me in reality, show me God, show me every torn down gate in my life, show it to me. And then once that you now, Lord, let's sit down and let's figure out how am I going to do this? What, what do I do? What's the strategy? Don't just I bind the devil, I bind the loose because some of this stuff is not you. you can, you're not going to defeat it like that. You're not going some of this. You there. The Bible said these kind go with not out. But by what? Fasting and prayer, not binding and loosening and casting out. So sometimes our approach is off and we've been binding and loosening for 35 years and the devil is still there. Because you've been doing what you are, what you're accustomed to doing. And that, that ain't that kind of that. Yeah. That's not this kind of situation. You see what I'm saying? That's not, that's not, and I, in my church, I said, that's not a prayerable. Some things we pray about it. God said, you need to stop praying and go fix it. Go, I've already given you the power. I've given you authority. Go and do, but we, I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm praying. Stop, get off your knees and take this prayerful spirit and go and conquer and deal with that situation. So how we have managed things in the past may have worked. And I'm not saying don't cast out and bind loose. That's not what I'm saying. Everything has its place. But what I am saying, there are certain situations that is going to take more than uh, come out, come out in the name of Jesus. There are some things you're going to have to go to God and say, okay, God, what must I do? My last thought, I'm going to turn this over to pastor and, and the apostles. It's my last thought. When the woman, the widow of the son of the sons of the prophets, when he died, he left his family in debt. And the widow went to the prophet Elisha, I think it was. And she said, my, we're in debt. The um, uh, bill collectors are coming to take my sons. And she was expecting the prophet to give her some money or help her pay the bill. And he said, here's what you do. He didn't pray for her. He didn't prophesy over her. He didn't bind and loose bill collecting spirits or grief or whatever. He said, go home. You and your sons and, and, and um, go to your neighbors and get some bar some vessels. In other words, he gave her a strategy and it was the strategy when she obeyed it that broke the spirit of debt, broke the spirit of lack, broke the spirit of, of, of um, bondage and broke uh, poverty. So it wasn't bond and loose. I come against the financial demon. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm just saying you can't you can't just 
broad stroke everything with a bind and loose come out come out there are some things you're gonna have to go to god and get prophetic strategy from to say okay god this is a devil that's been attacking my family the the, the bill collectors or the the collectors there's a movie called the bone collectors the soul hunters have come for my sons the soul hunters have come for my daughter the soul hunters have come for my marriage what do i do ain't no need you put oil on your husband and and oiling him down and all on her shoes leave the oil in the cabinet praise god lord show me maybe it's the way you talk Maybe it's the way you dress. Maybe it's the way you don't come home. I mean, go and ask God. Lord, show me. I've got demons that have passed the gate. They're in the house. What do I do? What do I do now? Praise God. Turn it over to you all. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. I see someone has here. Um, someone um, has a question for you right here. How do you get rid of generational curse? Again, that's not... That's a good question. Let me say that, uh, Brother Vincent. That's not a one shot answer because, again, it's going to depend on what the generational curses are, what the manifestations of them are. And I'll give you I'll give you an example um, because I mentioned Abraham. I mentioned Isaac and I mentioned Jacob. And I mentioned if you think about it, Abraham's wife was barren. Isaac's wife was barren. And um, Rachel Jacob's wife, you know, he had Lee and Rachel, but Rachel, so you got, I, I, pay attention to the patterns, okay? And that's where we look at with generational things. Pay attention to, yeah, that's what Professor right. Pay attention to the strat, pay attention to the patterns. So you got the father, the son, the grandson. They both had a lapse in faith, right? Remember Jacob deceived, uh, Jacob deceived, Isaac lied, uh, and so did Abraham. So you, you see some things happening here. What happened is confrontation. Uh, Abraham confronted uh, where he went to God in prayer and he continued his faithfulness broke the barrenness off of, off of his wife. So faithfulness is one way being faithful to God. That's one strategy to defeat generational curses is somebody standing up. And not only that, Abraham invited God into his house and he supped with him. So and that was another when when Abraham invited God to his house. Remember the Lord came, he was going down to Solomon Gomorrah. He said, a cry has come up from the land. I'll come down to see what it was. And so when Abraham invited God in, which was Christ, it was a theophany. He invited him in. He fed him. That was when God released the word about this time next year, your wife, Sarah will have a child. And remember the Bible says Sarah laughed. And so what broke the barrenness off of Abraham was he entertained the presence of God. He feasted. He, he, he hosted the presence of God. He was faithful. Everything that God asked Abraham to do, he was faithful. So we can say, well, I pray and I bind generational curses. I'm not saying you can't do that. But what I am saying, faith without works is dead. Now, after you get done praying and binding and loosing, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue to be faithful to God? Are you going to do what God tells you to do? Are you going to stand against whatever? You understand? So it's not, and, and you know, my church, they kind of, they know my tone and I say this in love. It sometimes it sounds hard, but I say it in love. But many times we're praying about things that takes action. Paul said it. He said, you show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith. In other words, if you believe in God to start a business and you've been praying, I'm praying for 50 years to start a business. And, and somebody prayed 10 minutes and went and, and opened up a line of credit and got a building. It, you know, the difference is the person prayed and moved on as opposed to somebody sitting there praying and is waiting on God. Jesus said it is finished. Now you go. So Abraham, yes, my wife is barren. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to entertain the presence of God. I'm going to spend time in worship. I'm going to fellowship. And when he did that, God spoke and unlocked 
um, Sarah's womb. Same thing with Isaac. The Bible said Rebecca was barren. And what did Isaac do? Isaac went to God in prayer and said, Lord, open up my wife's womb. And then guess what? After that, they had to have sex. I mean, you see what I'm saying? You got you to gotta put work into your prayer. You know, and, and and then going back to Jacob and, and, and Rachel, <laughs> going with, with Jacob and Rachel, you know, Ra- Rachel was frustrated and she's give me a husband, give me a child. He said, what am I, God, to make you touch a woman, whatever. But he continued to spend time. He continued to spend time. He continued to be faithful and he loved her. He gave her gifts. And then what happened? She she had a child. So with generational curses, number one, identify the patterns. If um, one thing that we learn in Lamentations is that Jeremiah, Jeremiah went to God and repented. He said, on the behalf of my ancestors, on behalf of my forefathers. In other words, I had one of my spiritual daughters. Her grandmother was involved in um, something. I can't remember all the details. And she and as a result of that, it opened doors for financial hardship in her family. And I, her mother, grandmother got involved in. I got it. Oh, thank you. That's what it was. Her grandmother had um i think she had sexual relations with a pastor or or something like that and this was years ago and i don't know because i'm telling you when people pray you don't really know what they're praying to asking god to do and especially if they got calls now god here a curse does not cause let's come that's a whole nother topic but when this woman slept with the pastor's wife excuse me excuse me excuse me but this woman slept with the pastor the pastor's wife Went to God in prayer. Now, we don't know what the prayer was, but all we do know is that from that point forward, the grandmother, the daughters, the granddaughters could never get married. There was an injunction placed against that the women in that family because of what that woman did and broke up that family, broke up that church. Now, am I saying that happens all the time? That's I'm not saying that happens all the time. But what I am saying is that there are certain things that people in our families have done that have somebody went to God and prayed and said, shut it down, God. And God moved and God did that. And as a result, it can cause trouble in the family until somebody rises up and said, Lord, on behalf of my grandmother who slept with the pastor Brown or whatever, I'm just saying, Father, we repent. I repent on her behalf. I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, whatever was spoken over the women in our family, let it be broken. So again, remember what I said earlier, we don't like to share certain things and we don't like to talk about certain things. There are some things you need to have information on so that when you notice patterns in your life, you can say, oh, I remember my grandfather used to steal from the church or my great granddaddy was a bootlegger or whatever. And you don't know. I'll give you another example. There was a, um, a, an apostle who had a, yeah, there was an apostle who had, could never Never see head or tail in his finances. Worked hard, awesome prophetic gift flow, and awesome man of God. But in his money was, it was always short. He never had, he was all, he always had just enough. You know, he never had more than enough. He always operated in just enough. And so he went to God and he said, Lord, you know, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. You know, my heart, everything you ask me to do, I do. What's going on with my money? And do you know what God revealed to him? The Lord said, you were a drug dealer. And you took money, um, you, you took money out of, out of the mother, you took the baby's milk out of their mouth or something. You took, the, you took a baby's bottle out of their mouth when, when you sold drugs. I don't know who, whatever, this, I don't know what it was, but this, this one particular drug sale, the Lord said you took the baby's bottle out of their mouth. In other words, the mother who was on drugs spent the baby's milk bottle money. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. This was a long time ago. And for whatever reason, God, that was an injunction. Now, God saved him. God delivered him and God used him. But there was an injunction against his finances. 
And when he went to God and asked God, Lord, what's wrong with my money? And when God revealed, he wept. He said, Lord, I didn't know. I, I was just trying to hustle. I, I mean, you know, when you in that drug game, it's a dollar is a dollar. And he went to God. And let me tell you something. That man, when he went to God and asked him, he asked God to peace said, Lord, forgive me for what I did to that child. Because you don't know who that child was. Could have been a prophet. You, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, that's why we say walks off. You don't know. And God, and he testified, God lifted this man. It was shortly after that he opened up a business. And he did okay. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot. But he did better than he was. I mean, he wasn't rich, but he he did a whole lot better. But the point of the matter is, is what I'm saying is, is that he know he he had to go to God and say, Lord, what's happening? So in terms of generational um, curses and things, go to the Father for those areas that you see patterns and things, and go ask Him, Lord, why is this happening in my family? Why is it everybody gets divorced? Why does everybody have diabetes? Why does everybody have cancer? Why is everybody repoing? You know what I'm saying? Why? Go and ask God. He said, Ask me concerning the things of the sons of man. Go to God and ask Him. And then what's helpful is to have people in your family that will also volunteer information so that you can you know couple that together with your prayer strategy and then hear what god is saying it may be a prayer of repentance like this brother for the other one you may have to go out and borrow vessels i you know i don't know to each his own so that's why that was a wonderful question but it's not a one answer to, to that because there can be a variety of methods that god says okay this is what you need to do so that was a good question what was another um question uh pastor pastor I believe that was the one question. If you have any questions at this time, you're welcome to pop them up. You're welcome to pop them up at this time. Amen, um, Apostle. Uh, OSW, are you waiting on some questions to pop up? Do you guys like to share anything or ask Apostle or Pastor um, Mia? Thank you for the insight, Apostle. Amen. Thank you so much. So God be the glory. Yeah. It's great. Insight. Amen. Amen. It's glad to be a God, glad to be a help. Amen. As well. Uh, amen. But a lot of things, you know, highlighted a lot of things that were hidden for so long uh, that we just seem to have overlooked. You know, um, who would have thought about the watchers? You know, that are watching, and plus the agents of the watchers that are working alongside with the. Uh, this word really blessed me on tonight, and I'm sure that everyone else was blessed as well. A lot of great wisdom, a lot of great points, and I thank you so much for that. Amen. Praise God.